What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Milner. Today's episode, this is going to be important for everybody to listen and truly understand. And I'm actually kind of annoyed at myself that I didn't drop this earlier uh, because it's a big issue. And we're talking about how to listen to your body to make the kind of progress that you want. It may seem simple, right? Just listening to your body. It's a pretty self-explanatory concept. However, we have become so good at just blindly following either numbers or rules or programs without actually tuning in to what's going on internally. And I always say that your body will, will communicate and tell us literally everything that we need to know in order to get you to where you want to be. The challenge is actually listening and then knowing what to do with that information. So you've probably worked with coaches before, hopefully, who have tracked biofeedback, and we're going to talk all about that. But have you ever actually took the time to understand what that is, what that looks like for you, and why it's so important? And also, why does your body send those signals, right? There's a very specific reason when we look at biofeedback markers like hunger, and cravings, and your mood, and your energy levels, and your sleep quality, and the stress in your life, and your digestion, and things like that, sex drive, focus, right? Your body has all of these amazing resources and has the ability to communicate in so many different ways, and we often just become very equipped at tuning it out. So, Before I get into that, um, please, guys, if you enjoy the episode, if you enjoy the content, Drop me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. You know, take a screenshot of this episode, post it to your stories, tag me on Instagram. It's at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And I have one last thing. If you ever want me to talk about something specific on the show, if there's something that's been on your mind, a topic that you want, you know, clarification on, just DM me and let me know. I'm actually going to jump into something really quick here that was a message from somebody who reached out. And she said that her mom struggles with the idea of eating as a reward. So she will do like a really intense workout and be like, okay, now that I did that intense workout, I earned my calories. I earned this cookie. And if she doesn't work out, she's like, well, I didn't train, so I don't deserve to eat the cookie or extra calories or whatever it may be. And these two things go hand in hand, the topic of listening to your body and also this idea of like earning your calories. So let's just put it out there very bluntly. It's a terrible mindset to go in thinking that you have to earn your food. By being a human, by needing food to survive, you earned it, okay? If you are a living, breathing thing, you earned your calories. Where those calories come from, it does not fucking matter. You might think that in terms of, oh, well, um, I want to be healthy, so I have to only eat chicken and broccoli. Here's the reality. If you were stranded on a desert island and you only had broccoli versus you only had like milk and cookies, I don't know why I chose milk and cookies, but it sounds delicious right now. If you only had broccoli versus you only had milk and cookies, guess what's going to keep you alive longer? The milk and cookies. So is it bad in that context? Is that now a bad food? No, it is food for survival. Of course, there are foods that have 
more nutrient density. There are foods that have more caloric density, but morally and inherently, they are not good or bad. We know from research that one of the main predictors of weight gain is dichotomous thinking around food. So viewing foods as good versus bad is a predictor of weight gain. So if for no other reason, if you have a body composition goal, you have to work through that mindset. Here's the thing. You're not a pet being conditioned for a behavior. So you're not earning any calories by working out. Here's another reality. Just because you worked out, that doesn't mean you burned more calories throughout the day. Your exercise session, your training session is such a small amount of calories burned compared to the other 23 hours of the day, you might actually burn less calories that day. So are you still in the mindset that you earned your food? No, it doesn't make sense logically. It's an emotional mindset flaw that you're thinking in terms of earning or a reward. The reward is that you worked out so you feel better. The food that you eat is not a reward. The behavior doesn't need to be attached with conditions. That would be like saying to your partner, like, hey, I'm madly in love with you. I am totally committed and invested in this relationship. However, I am only going to sleep with you if you take out the trash every week. If you forget to take out the trash, that's it. Like you're conditioning a behavior that is not like you're, you're basically saying that this relationship is only based off of conditions. And it's the same thing if you try to apply that to your nutrition and you only do certain things based off of conditions, you're missing the whole point of why this all matters in the first place. You should be doing the behaviors that make you feel your best regardless of the conditions or emotional state. And that is the bottom line. So if you are attaching a reward system, like I get to eat the cookie because I worked out, that is a slippery slope that will lead to disordered behaviors that will lead to likely a poor relationship with food, likely a poor relationship with exercise, and likely a poor relationship with your body. So we have to ditch that mindset. It doesn't make sense scientifically, practically, logically. It doesn't make sense because like I mentioned, just because you worked out doesn't mean you actually burned more calories. So the whole idea of like earning your calories, it falls flat because you might not have burned more. So, um, and then if you don't work out, you get to eat whatever the fuck you want still because you're a human and you get to decide. So if I train or I don't train, my body is still going to communicate when it's hungry and I'm still going to have an idea of what type of foods I want to eat. It may be chicken and broccoli or it may be a cookie. Those things are on the table 24-7 anytime I want them. I don't need to attach a condition to it. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But if you guys have any other topics that you want me to discuss, anytime that you have something that's like you're struggling with it, you don't know where to go, you're looking for other resources and can't find it, just hit me up and I will drop my perspective for whatever that's worth on the show. All right. So let's get into this idea of listening to your body because this kind of goes hand in hand with what I just spoke about. If you're hungry and you're craving a certain food, it's totally valid to actually eat that food. So this all came to be, uh, this idea and this topic all came to be because of another message that I got. It was actually a phone call that I had with somebody who recently joined our one-on-one coaching program. 
And she really, like her number one goal was just to feel better, right? That was it. She was like, yes, I want body composition changes. Yes, I have some health goals, all these things. I want to be stronger. I want to be leaner. But above all else, I just want to feel better. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about that. What does that mean to you? And, and tell me how you're not feeling better. Like, what are you feeling now that is off? And, and she started going on and on about just fatigue and she's like easily irritable and is snapping at her kids all the time. And she has no energy and she feels like she can't focus at work. And some days she just has no motivation to do things that she normally really enjoys doing. So there's all these things going on. And she's like, I just, I don't know. I just assumed that this was my reality. But after listening to your podcast, after reading a bunch of your emails, I feel like this is not normal. And her assumption was like, oh, it might be age, right? This is just what happens to women when they have kids, when you have a family to balance, when you're in your 30s. And I'm like, hold on, hold on. You're telling me that you're in your 30s and because you have a family and a job and you're 30 years old in your 30s, that it's normal to feel like shit. And she was like, I don't know. I just assumed that was normal. Like this is what happens when you have life stress. Okay. It is not normal. And, you know, she actually went through our last neurotyping challenge and, and started to see that by eating, you know, by understanding her personality type, by eating enough, by eating the right types of foods for her personality, for her lifestyle, and by implementing some balance, she started to feel a lot better. And it was like, oh, I can actually feel better. That's pretty amazing. So then she, you know, the next logical step was to join our one-on-one coaching program. So now, you know, she'll start to feel even better as we continue to work through her unique situation. And and everything is always personalized. So I, I try to generalize as much as I can, but we have to remember individual nuance. So there's going to be situations that you have to just filter it through your own lens and understand what applies to you and what might not. But um, the bottom line is feeling like shit is not normal. I don't care how old you are. It's very easy to use age as the excuse. Be like, well, I hit this age and so now I just have to feel like shit. No, that is a lie. That is an excuse. You might even go to your doctor and your doctor's like, oh, it's, it's okay. You're in your 50s. You're supposed to be tired and you're supposed to have no sex drive and you're supposed to lack focus and not be motivated. That's bullshit. You don't have to believe that. You don't have to follow that narrative. Just because somebody else is telling you you have to feel like shit, that doesn't mean that you have to subscribe to that narrative. And it's important that the internal dialogue we use supports the goals that we want to achieve. So if you want to be healthy and fit and age well, then you can't believe that story. You have to do what's in your control to take care of it. And part of that is understanding these signals, understanding what your body is communicating to you. So most of the time, when something doesn't feel right, I'm going to just give you some examples. If you are always tired, if you are unmotivated, if you're constantly hungry, or if you have no hunger signals, if you have intense cravings, if your mood is uh, unstable, like you uh, kind of have these mood swings or you're cranky or easily irritable. If you struggle with sleep quality, if your digestion is off, um, all, all of these things typically boil down to one root cause, and that is stress. 
And the source of your stress can be anything because your body doesn't care where that stress is coming from. All your body knows is that stress is present. There's a threat. It just senses that there's a threat. And the internal response is the same no matter what that threat is. So the stress source could be working out. It could be your crazy work schedule. It could be getting into an argument with your spouse or your partner. It could be your kids that are giving you a hard time. It could be sitting in traffic. Your body senses, "Uh uh-oh, something is off and we need to restore homeostasis. We need to survive this stressor and get ourselves over the hump so that we can get things back to quote unquote normal. So your body senses, all right, our survival is in jeopardy. Let's get all hands on deck to overcome this threat and then ideally go back to normal, which is why when you train, you know, we see that the stress response play out, right? We see increase in cortisol, increase in adrenaline, right? Increase in blood flow and focus and all these things to get you through this perceived threat because it's a stress. Lifting heavy weights is a stressor. Your body is not used to it. It feels this pressure. Like if you've got a barbell on your back and you've loaded up with heavy weights, now there's this pressure that could possibly crush you, right? And your body's like, "Uh uh-oh, we got to survive. So then once you stop training and the stress is gone, well, you actually have to kind of send the signal that the stress is gone by getting into that rest and digest mode um, because your body doesn't know that you just did the, the last rep. Like once your workout's done, your body doesn't actually know that the stress is gone. So it's by your actions and the signals that you're sending that tell your body, like if you are breathing a little bit slow, slower and deeper, if you are eating um, and, and you know calm, your mindset is calm, you're in this kind of parasympathetic state, then your body's like, okay, we've got, uh, we've got some food coming in. Our breath is back to normal. Um, I don't feel this pressure on my back anymore. All right, it's, it's time that we get things back to you know, homeostatic balance. That is the ideal situation. The problem is that most people continue to drain their bucket. And what do I mean by that is every single stressor, whether it be training, whether it be eating too little, whether it be eating too much, whether it be this, this argument you know, with your spouse, whether it's your kids that are giving you a hard time, all of these things drain your bucket. Then we have activities that fill your bucket. Most people operate from an empty bucket. There's all of these different stressors that keep piling up. Most common is eating too little, sometimes eating too much, depending on where you're at. Both of them are a stress on your system. So if you're eating too little, let's just play out the scenario. So you're eating too little. Your body senses like, "Uh uh-oh, we don't have enough energy coming in. There is a stress present, the threat potential famine. We might starve to death. We're not getting in enough nutrients. Okay. So you start draining that bucket. Then of course, the other situations like traffic, like, you know, your, your coworker that you argue with or whatever other stress you have in your life, that's also draining your bucket. And then you've got this empty bucket and your body's like, okay, we need energy because if not, we're going to starve. We need fuel. So what do you feel? you start to feel hunger. Your body is telling you, hey, let's get some food in here so that we don't starve to death. 
then your energy levels go down. Why? Because first of all, you need to preserve the energy that you have. Remember that body fat is simply stored energy. Okay. So you, you need to preserve that. So if I have a lack of food coming in, it's not wise to just go out and run a marathon. My body is going to lower my energy level, increase fatigue so that I don't, that I'm not as active. So I'm not burning as many calories so that I can preserve the energy that I have. And so it's like, hey, let's get these energy levels up. Let's go find some food because we need that to survive. You will also notice that your focus starts to suffer. Why? Because your brain needs energy to perform optimally. Your brain actually consumes, um, uses a large amount of glucose and calories. So it's an important thing to support brain function. Um, eating enough will help you feel better in terms of mental clarity. And then what else you start to feel? You start to feel cranky, easily irritable. Um, like the, the client that I talked about who kind of is the, the source of, of this entire episode, she mentioned that she was snapping at her kids and she was like very like easily irritable, very moody, very cranky. Well, if you don't have enough food coming in, what happens? Neurotransmitters start to get impacted. If you're not eating enough carbs, you're going to notice low serotonin. You're going to experience low serotonin. Serotonin being the neurotransmitter that helps with sense of well-being and contentment. Well, now if that's low, anxiety is going to be higher and I'm going to be easily irritable. Same thing with lack of motivation. If I'm not getting in enough calories, I might not be getting in enough protein, which means my dopamine levels aren't going to be very high. So if I have low dopamine, I'm not going to experience as much pleasure or enjoyment. Uh, my sex drive is going to plummet. I'm also not going to be motivated because dopamine is kind of you know, not only the pleasure center, but it's responsible for motivation and drive. So all of a sudden, things that I enjoyed doing in the past, well, because of this chronic stress... I don't really enjoy it anymore or I'm not motivated to do it. You also kind of run into some hormonal issues because of the chronic stress, right? Again, your body is sensing that there is a threat, that there's potential famine. So all hands are on deck to survive, which means we don't want to be burning as much as many calories because if we don't have as much energy coming in, it doesn't make sense to have a fast metabolism. So let's downregulate the metabolism. Let's lower thyroid function so that our metabolism slows down. Let's lower our sex hormones because now is not the time to reproduce. Let's shut off the immune system because we need all of that energy that would have gone to the immune system in helping us survive this potential threat. Same thing with your cycle. That takes up a lot of energy. So it's, let's shut that off and have all energy um, going towards this potential threat. All of these things happen and your body sends these signals. So when you start to experience them, you want to be able to listen. Just tune in, okay? What is your body telling you? If you are easily irritable, if you lack focus, if you lack motivation, if your hunger is out of control, if you have intense cravings, if your digestion is off, if you're experiencing fatigue, your body is sending a clear signal. And now you know why it's sending those messages, but you have to listen. 
Because the biggest problem that we run into today is that too many people have ignored those signals for too long, and all of a sudden, their normal is very suboptimal, meaning you don't even know that you feel like shit anymore because feeling like shit has become so standard. And it's not until you actually feel better that you'll look back and be like, oh my God, I can't believe how I, how I operated like this. Once you feel better, you'll say, I cannot believe I went that long feeling that way and was able to function because it's become your norm. That's the biggest challenge that we face. So it's important that we understand these signals, even the more subtle ones, because your hunger signals right now may be jacked up from years of chronic dieting and under eating. However, you might be able to listen to other signals like your mood and like your focus and like and your sex drive and your energy levels. Those signals might be uh, the, the red flags that you need to actually pull you out of this kind of cycle that you're in. So once we understand those signals and we know why they're happening and we know how to pay attention, then the question is, what do we do about it? Okay, so if the source of the issue was operating from an empty bucket, then naturally the solution should be to fill that bucket. So, right, we, we're picturing the bucket with water. Every single stressor is draining the bucket. And there are activities that we can do to fill that bucket with more water. And it's always a balance. So eating enough is a way to fill your bucket. Eating quality foods most of the time is a way to fill your bucket. Sleeping is a way to fill your bucket. Walking, drinking enough water, any kind of mindfulness practice like deep breathing, like massage, like sauna, like um, you know anything where you're, you're journaling, you're meditating, just putting yourself in a mindful state, all of that, you know, playing with your dog, that is a way to fill your bucket. All of these things, we have to look at the inputs and outputs and try, notice I said try, because I get it, life can be crazy, but if we're aware, then we can try to fill our bucket with as much water as possible. And it's interesting because you will notice just by taking this approach that the body composition changes that have been eluding you for so long are actually pretty simple. And I know that that might be frustrating to hear and you might be like, screw you, Mike. I've been working at this for years and years and years and I'm not where I want to be. And I would argue it's because you're doing exactly what I said, which is ignoring your body. If, if I had to ask you and I said, have you operated most recently? Just think about recently. Have you experienced intense hunger and been like, ah, screw that. I just need to keep dieting. I don't need to eat food here. Hunger and intense hunger, this is just part of the process. I need my discipline and willpower to come through here. Or on the flip side, have you had a set of macros and you've been like totally stuffed and not hungry and been like, well, my macros tell me I need to eat more. So I'm just going to eat more for the sake of hitting my numbers. Because if you say yes to either of those scenarios, then it's no wonder you're not where you want to be you are not listening. You're not paying attention. You're not tuning in. So that is how I know that it actually becomes really simple when you start to understand what your body's communicating, what it means, and what to do about it. And when I talk about the idea of filling your bucket, what I am basically saying is 
this is this is the concept of metabolic priming. I did a whole episode um, recently on metabolic priming versus reverse dieting. It all boils down to this concept of filling your bucket. That's what metabolic priming is. It's not just adding calories. It is understanding the stress inputs and outputs and knowing what to do with, you know, listening to your body and knowing what to do with that information so we can achieve that homeostatic balance and truly prime your metabolism so your body changes the way that you want it to and you're not fighting against it. So it's not just about how much you eat. Of course, that plays a role, but it's really about the stress balance. It's really about you know quality. It's also about activity. It's also about recovery. It's also about sleep and stress management, all of these things to prime your metabolism. And once that happens, you will feel more energetic. Your mood will be more stable. We actually had a client recently um, who is working with Mel and told her that all of a sudden after going through the metabolic priming phase, she is way more patient with her kids. She was like, it was crazy because she she felt like something was off. Her mood just wasn't right. She was almost, she was just like very down on herself because she couldn't figure out what was going on. They went through a priming phase and she reached out like two days ago and was like, it's unbelievable. I haven't snapped at my kids. I've been way more patient. I feel a million times better. It's like, it can't be this simple. And Mel was like, yeah, actually it is because we listened to your body. We gave your body what it was asking for. So of course you feel better. It makes perfect sense. There's more balance. You're not as, you know, you're not under this, this chronic stress anymore. So you'll feel more uh, mood stability. You'll start sleeping better. You'll have more sex. So for anybody out there who has been considering joining one-on-one coaching and like your husband's not for it, well, guess what? He will be the one that benefits. You're going to want to have sex more. So tell him to stop holding you down to let you do your thing because he's going to be the one that benefits when you want to have more sex. Um, You won't experience as, as much hunger. Like here's the thing. You guys know I love my tangents. Here's the thing. Hunger is part of the process if you want to lose fat. That is just goes without saying. You should expect that there's going to be some degree of hunger. There's going to be some degree of cravings. There's also going to be some degree if you're trying to build muscle of like not being hungry but still needing to eat a little bit uh, and just giving your body time to acclimate to the amount of food that you're eating. Those things are normal, but there's a big difference between that Versus like, I'm hungry all the time and I'm trying to white knuckle my way through it. Or I have these intense cravings and I'm ignoring them. Or on the muscle building side, I'm like totally stuffed, but I need to you know eat 50 more grams of carbs. I'm just going to force feed myself and be sick. Like we have to understand the middle ground. Everybody likes to live on the two ends of the extreme, but there's always a middle ground. And that's what I'm trying. That's the point I'm trying to get across here is we have to listen. We have to understand these things. Yes, there will be times. I promise you, there will be times where you experience some hunger when you're trying to lose fat and you have to deal with it. That should not be the norm. That should be a very short period of time and it should be very manageable. If it's intense, if you have these cravings, if you constantly find yourself having to white knuckle your way through the process, it will not last. It will not be sustainable. So once we do this and you start feeling a million times better, you will notice that your body changes exactly the way that you want it to. This is one of the main reasons why we produce the results that we do. Our clients consistently kill it. It's not 
that complicated. We just know how to listen and we know how to get them to listen so that, you know, the real gift in all of that is when our clients are able to understand their own bodies and be able to tune in and say, okay, I know what this means and I know what to do about it. And that's kind of how we unlock that, that lifelong solution, the lifelong freedom that we're able to facilitate when, when we work with people one-on-one. But I hope you guys understand the concept of biofeedback, of listening to your body, of tuning in, of understanding some of these red flags. Um, if you have a program that you're, you're on, if you're on a program and you are noticing that they're like force feeding you, like you're not hungry and they're like, it's too bad, just hit your numbers. Or if you're super hungry and they're like, too bad, suck it up and deal with it. Those are clear signs that you should not be in that program. Like even in the challenge, right now we're doing a neurotype challenge. We're, we're finishing up week one. I say this all the time and I'm going to reiterate it when I do my next group call, which is if it doesn't feel right, we need to adjust. If you are hungry all the time, we need to adjust. If you are full all the time, we need to adjust because it doesn't make sense just to blindly follow without actually listening. Listening and understanding what your body's communicating and understanding what to do with that information will unlock the results that you have been craving. That's all I got for you guys today. Hopefully this was helpful. If you have any questions, I always always love to hear or if you just have some feedback hit me up on instagram at coach underscore mike underscore milner or on facebook it's just my name mike milner and i will talk to you guys very soon